that is what is heartbreaking is that all those people think thought for so many years that this was acceptable and I thought it was acceptable I thought people saying those rude comments or thinking it was okay for me to not eat properly or not consume food was acceptable and when I came forward with a video you and a bunch of other doctors came forward and said this is not okay and that is what is firing me more it's like okay I am validated I'm not being gaslit anymore I am I'm validated in how I feel Why, hello. My name is Dr. Joshua Walrich, and welcome to my podcast, Willing to be Wrong. For those of you who don't know me, I'm an NHS surgical doctor, author, and unintended influencer, currently on a year out from the hospital to study for a nutrition master's. My debut book, Food Isn't Medicine, is due to be released on the 15th of April, and in it, I talk about the complex nature of weight and health and the principles of health at every size, why the phrase food is medicine is actually harmful, and then I debunk a whole load of nutribolics from juice fast curing cancer, ketosis supposedly curing mental health disorders, or just the standard carbs make you fat. If any of that resonates with you, it is currently available for pre-order, but I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest for this episode, Amanda Lee. Amanda is an actress, singer, and photographer who I first came across online after she posted an incredibly powerful video documenting her experience of weight stigma after just having left the doctor's office. Her unfiltered emotion led to many feeling encouraged to share similar stories in the days that followed, and she was kind enough to agree to chat with me about what happened. I want to give you a heads up right at the beginning that since we recorded this, she has actually found out she has colon cancer, a fact that will become relevant as you end up hearing her story. The stigma she experienced undoubtedly played a part in the delay in diagnosis, and is one of the reasons why it's not an exaggeration when we say that weight stigma can kill people. Fortunately, everything so far points to it being treatable, and she is due to have surgery in just over a week. The next voice you'll hear is Amanda's, as she describes the situation that led to her going viral online in more detail. Okay, so um, basically I've been in pain for like a month and three weeks and for the past six months it's been kind of intermittent but for the past month and three weeks it's it's been ongoing since then consistent and uh, I have pain when I'm eating and I have like lower abdominal cramping pretty much all the time with no relief and I I was struggling to find a GI in my insurance and I'm from America so the insurance is kind of very complicated and it's something I had to learn how to handle so once I learned how to handle it I finally switched everything around found a GI fought for this GI because I needed it it was an emergency I've been in and out of the emergency room in urgent care at this point I go into the GI doctor and um you know this is the the what the full account. So I go into the GI doctor and he is interrupting me when he's asking me questions and I'm trying to answer them and he's very much interrupting me. And, um, and that was very irritating. And I was kind of like, okay, you know what? That's fine. If he fixes my issue, then, then that's, that's fine. Um, because as of right now, my doctor thinks it's IBS. So, um, I, I tell him, you know, what's going on, yada, yada, yada. And, he asks me what I've been eating. And I said, well, I haven't been eating. I've been eating like a pouch of apple puree a day and I'm in pain. And he looked at me and he says, maybe that's a blessing. And then I asked him to reiterate because I was like shocked that he had said that. Hmm. And I said, wait, what? What did you say? Because I'm in pain when I eat. And then he said, maybe that's not such a bad thing. And I was shocked again. The beating went on, the consultation went on, and I brought it back up because I was so angry about it. And he shrugged it off and he said, you don't look malnourished. And all of these things are just adding up in my head. So came down to it, he wrote my prescription. I grabbed my prescription and I walked out because I was hoping that that was the medication that I actually needed to help my situation. I sat in my car and that is when I felt utterly alone and um i reached out to tiktok to make this video because i 
was so hysterical. Like in middle of a breakdown, like I felt like he wasn't listening to me, one, because he wasn't. He was interrupting me. And then I felt like he was condoning me being in pain because I was an because I was overweight. And I filmed that video and, and if you have seen it then you know exactly what video I'm talking about. Um, then I called my best friend and I hysterically sobbed on the phone with her and she said, Girl, get up, like go back in there. And that advice was, that's all I needed. She said, go in there, ask for the office manager, which I did. I went in there and asked for the office manager. And uh, she kind of just looked at me. And um, I, she didn't get a response from her when I was telling her what was going on. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to stand here and he can come back and give me an apology and I'll wait right here. And he came to me and I said, you owe me an apology. And he took me, took me back into the room sat me down and I said very politely but sternly I said hey you're not going to interrupt me this time I want you to listen to me because what you did was not okay and I gave him the chance to apologize and I said if you give me an apology we can move on like we can continue to work together um and he continued to uh basically say like well I you know you know, you don't get my humor and maybe you should find a doctor that's more sensitive and uh, things like that. And so that's when I when I went back into the car, I, I filmed the second video and that's the second video after I had confronted him. And I, I was very much calm when I went back in there. Um, and it's hard to kind of explain the type of person I am. Uh, but yes, I'm very I'm very emotional. I'm very I'm very raw. What you see is what you get. But I'm also very blunt. So if you hurt my feelings or if I think something is is not correct, I will give you the opportunity to fix it and we can just move on. Um, and unfortunately, in this situation, he did not see what he did was wrong. Um, and so I sit here right now and I'm talking about it. And I'm not that girl who was crying because I had already cried. I went through it. Now I'm that, that woman who wants to talk about it. And I'm so amazingly shocked at how common this is like I've experienced it my whole life but I've never talked about it and I I look back and I don't understand why I didn't talk about it more but I mean that's basically what happened every time I hear things like this even though this is something that I've uh, these are situations that I've heard in the past it still shocks me Uh, it's I still just I just I just don't know what to say it's it's horrible what I would say though and the only the the thing the overwhelming response that I had around kind of you in general was just how flipping brave you were to go back and to challenge him because the it, it that that is not and I'm not speaking from personal experience here because I've never been in that situation where I've had to go back but from what I've been told that is not an easy thing in any way shape or form and the overwhelming number of people don't say anything and and they end up either not going just not going back not seeking help we know we know research wise that people who are who experience weight stigma like that don't go back to to see their doctor they don't go back to appointments they leave symptoms and problems to get worse and and in 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 some horrible situations if those symptoms are potentially treatable but if left can be fatal people die because they're not because they've been experiencing weight stigma um so just the fact that you went back, I just you you are incredibly brave to go and do that. Um, so I I just wanted to say that I, it it is, yeah. I, I'm also kind of shocked to his response as well. Um, I mean, yeah, me too. <laughs> it's always hard. It's always hard to admit that you're wrong, but trying to pass it off as a joke is just not funny. Like yeah. it's not humor. No, like if, no, no. We're not I mean, friends. <laughs> I don't know you. Um, but even if you were even friends, then, it still wouldn't be funny. Yeah, and you know, he and he tried to say too, like, well, I'm just very blunt, and I, I did explain to him, you know, not like I haven't had doctors in the past be like, hey, you're overweight, you should try to lose weight. You know that that is a different conversation, and I've had doctors do it in a poor way, and I've had doctors do it in a good way, and but in this case, that wasn't the situation. He didn't say, hey, I think you need to lose weight. I think it will help your situation. He praised the fact that I wasn't eating 
um, to be a good thing. And to be honest with you, this is this is not the first time this has happened to me, especially with somebody that I would say that I look up to or that I expect to have answers from. And I experienced mm. it in college. And I could literally quote this exact situation to you again because there was countless women in this program who left with eating disorders for decades. And uh, I was not one of them. But I can assure you that what his words said to me rang in my head. And I, I hate to say this, but when this situation occurred, I was, I was triggered. And that is exactly why I'm so emotional in the video. It's mm. because the, all of those memories of, of this happening in the past are just, you know, coming up and coming out of me. And I, I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I was able to successfully get words out at that point because I was a mess, a, a mess. So, you know, in my, in my head, that could have gone one of two ways, right? You, either what ended up happening happened. Um, like, like you said, so you, you became very emotional about it completely validly. You were very upset by what he said. The, the almost more concern in a weird way, and don't, please don't think I'm belittling the emotion that you had to it. But to me, like almost the scarier option to that is people who have internalized the weight stigma they've experienced so much that they hear something like that and they go, oh yeah, no, he's right. And he's completely ignorant. I would, I'm hoping ignorance is the reason why he said I the things he said rather than- I would hope so too. <laughs> yeah, but so he's completely ignorant of those two outcomes because to him, he was just like, oh, I'm just being blunt. I'm making a jerk or whatever his logic was. It's shocking. But the number of people who have internalized the discrimination that they've experienced so much that they actually take these things that are said to them and they go and, and it fuels that desire to starve themselves or it fuels that desire to yeah. to continue down that path of disordered eating or the the, the slow and complex development of eating disorders because it's it's very complex but those people are they scare me even more that these doctors just don't understand the impact that those words can have. And so I'm I'm really glad that for you it was emotion and anger. <laughs> and I know that's weird to yeah, say. No, but, me too. But, you know, I hope you understand what I mean when I'm saying no, that. No, 100%. I, I feel the same way. I Again, I think my experience in college, um, which I'm glad to talk about as well, because mm. I come from uh, like a musical, musical theater background. And I've been always very vocal how the musical theater, um, at least in America, I don't know about the West End, but the musical theater, uh, there's a huge weight stigma and there's no place for plus size people. And uh, I remember being like 160 pounds, 165 pounds and, and you know, uh, somebody I had looked up to and I trusted and it was a huge mentor to me and multiple people would call us fat and say you're not going to succeed until you lose weight and you know at the time I just thought okay that's the industry this is acceptable and, and then I grew to say no this is unacceptable and at, at one point I was basically saving money to buy a car um we were in, my family was in a really bad situation we didn't have a car so I was working like crazy going to school for time and uh the man that I had looked up to had looked at me and I was losing weight because I didn't have food to eat. I was literally hungry. Um, and he had looked at me and said, um, hey, you look like you're losing weight. And till I crack it off as a joke, I said, oh yeah, I'm on the poor man's diet. Like if you don't have money to eat, you don't eat. Um, ha ha ha. And he said, looked at me and said, keep up the good work. And I watched my friends, watched my friends for uh, like, and the generations prior go through eating disorders because of this program. And, and it is heartbreaking. And I had one friend just reach out to me and she's like, I want to speak up. And she was hit the worst. Um, she's like, I want to speak up, but I can't. And I, I just told her like, nope, I'm speaking up. Like you don't, you don't have to, if you don't need to, because I'm fired. I am lucky that I came out of this 
without an eating disorder or or feeling this motivated to speak out against it because I am so appalled that so many women and men and beautiful people have come forward and said, I've experienced this and I didn't say anything and I couldn't imagine going back in there. And that is what is heartbreaking is that all those people think, thought for so many years that this was acceptable. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was acceptable. I thought people saying those rude comments or thinking it was okay for me to not eat properly or not consume food was acceptable. And when I came forward with a video, you and Dr. Mike and a, a bunch of other doctors came forward and said, this is not okay. And that is what is firing me more. It's like, okay, I am validated. I'm not being gaslit anymore. I am, I'm validated in how I feel. Oh, it, it reminds me of my, my partner used to be a, um, uh, used to be a gymnast and the, the, the kind of stories that she tells me about how as kids they were treated by their, their coaches because a lot of a lot of the partnerships they were in were weight dependent so they would have a, a stronger heavier partner and then a lighter partner who would be thrown and things like that and and if you were the lighter partner and you started gaining weight you got chastised for it massively and it was just some of the stories I've heard around that are are horrific and it and I, I can only imagine that some of the stuff within within the drama side is is very similar but it's just it's just so prevalent wherever it doesn't matter yeah. what what area of the of any industry it is it's oh the one thing the one thing i would say and i don't i feel like i might get myself in trouble here but i think it's very <laughs> don't laugh but you'll see why <laughs> um i think it's very easy to reach out and condemn something as specific as what happened to you and the reason i say that i think is because you you brought up dr mike um and i don't know him that well um but I mean, only only today or yesterday, he published a video on his channel discussing the Cosmopolitan cover with a bariatric surgeon and talking about whether it promotes obesity and things like that. And so, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stigmatizing language and and attitudes used within that video. And so, I the only thing I, I think the reason why I'm bringing that up and the reason why I said I might get myself in trouble, but is it's just because I, I I think we need to do we need to do better than just condemn the obvious, and this is more this is not obviously this is not me telling you <laughs> this is me this is me telling other healthcare professionals and other people that work in positions of of relative power when it comes to someone's health that we need to stop just thinking it's it's acceptable to condemn the obvious things like what happened to you where somebody says well maybe that's a good thing that you can't eat because you're in pain because that is objectively horrific and. It, mm -hmm. it, it's almost impossible for any doctor to to um, knowingly defend that you would imagine but it's it, it's I think we I know that we need to do better in general at not correlating weight and health so immediately at not treating somebody different even just slightly different because they're of a certain size or over a certain you know labeled bmi level and i think it's i think it becomes performative sometimes when we condemn the horrific to only continue doing the rest um so yeah that's all i'd say about mm -hmm. that i I'm, i hope that kind of makes sense but um <laughs> no it does i mean what i've been kind of explaining it as um and i know that after hearing stories after stories and i've i've for the most part replied to everyone who has reached out because I think you've had no time, I would imagine, over the last 48 hours then, have you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like if they're willing to tell me their story, then I will listen. And some stories are very heartbreaking and some mm. stories are very similar to mine. But the one thing that I can explain it to, to people who don't understand the situation, is you know how you go to the dentist? Um, and, well, I don't know how the dentist is out there, but the dentist in America... Us Brits don't go to the dentist. I don't know what oh. you're talking about. No, no, carry okay. on, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, No, so, like, the, in America, the dentist, uh, they say, you know, are you flossing <laughs> 10 times a day? And it's like, you know, I went in there with my brand-new water pick, flossing, like, twice a day, and they were like, you need to floss more. 
And I was like, girl, you know, I, I'm telling them what, like... What's flossing, by the way? Just from a British perspective, what is that? No, flossing. I, carry, I, carry on, okay, carry on. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we know what it is. We oh just refuse God. to do it. It's all it is. Carry on. But nevertheless, the, the dentist will always, without a doubt, whether you're flossing or not, they will shame you to floss more hmm. or shame you if you have cavities. Uh, very, very common. And this is, this is no, like everyone talks about this. My dentist shamed me for having cavities and shamed me for not doing this right or shamed me for eating too many sweets. And it's like, okay, okay, right? What what does that propel? That propels people who have more cavities to not want to go see a dentist. That's what that perpetuates. Hmm. And in this situation, I feel very much that is how I can relate it to the person who doesn't understand this is especially healthcare. Like, we know we're overweight. We're not dumb. Like, we know we're constantly bombarded by it. But what we need is somebody to say, hey, I know you're struggling with this. How can I help you? I know yeah. if if you are true, if they are truly unhealthy and the doctor feels like losing weight is something they should do medically, then there needs to be some level of compassion and not shame because then they are running away. Well, there needs to be the entire level of compassion not yes. <laughs> and zero yes. and I think I think it's I mean even I'd go one step further from from the way that I practice medicine and, and the, the, the the way I kind of align myself when it comes to health is that I personally I think we should just stop mentioning weight altogether and the reason why I say that is because weight weight is not a health promoting behavior all of these conversations about well let's figure out a way of helping you lose weight well why because and you 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 contextualized it yourself there you said you know if if you're unhealthy and if and if this and that okay well fine so let's focus on things that actually promote health then shall we because weight loss isn't yeah. isn't health promoting like, no not tell, at all. tell me tell me tell me the methods tell me one method that that people use to 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 try and lose weight that is health promoting because because no. there aren't any mm -mm. um and not if you're one. saying something like exercise then uh, well, firstly, that's making exercise all about weight loss isn't a good thing in the first place, and it's not no, sustainable when that's the case. So there's no stamina for it. Exactly. So you that might up. be uh, that might be an activity that is health promoting, but nothing mm -hmm. else is. Like increasing fruit and veg, that's healthy. It's not automatically going to make you lose weight, but you are going to get healthier. Yeah. Sleeping more, yeah, that's healthy, but you're not mm -hmm. going to lose like. The, Health, no, no. A health-promoting yeah. behavior is not weight loss. So I, I, you know, from a from a health at every size standpoint, I would I would say, adamantly, we need to stop promoting weight loss. Full stop. You're going f to your doctor for health advice every time a doctor mentions weight loss. It instills again and again and again weight loss equals health. Weight loss equals health, yeah. and therefore weight gain isn't healthy. And mm -hmm. that's just not. It's just not the case. We need to we need to stop doing it, and we need to. Yeah, I just No, thank you for saying that because because I I genuinely believe that. I'm not a doctor. I mean, I you could do all my blood run up right now, um, other than me being in pain and consistently my blood workup is fine. Um, you know, I when I went to the emergency room, they said your blood pressure is really high. And I was like, That's because I'm sobbing hysterically in pain and I'm <laughs> upset that you're not helping me and you're looking at my blood pressure. Like and, and I'm in the my, emergency room. Everyone's and I'm in the emergency room in the emergency during room. COVID. Like we <laughs> yeah. literally, you put me in a bubble. Like I'm, I'm wearing and, two masks. You know, it's. And let me I'm, guess, how many people in there? Uh, wh which one of those doctors mentioned your weight in relation to your blood pressure? Oh, every single one of them. The two nurses yeah. and then the doctor I saw. Yeah. Which, I, which I, is completely unacceptable. Yeah. I, yeah, just, yeah. Just to clarify that, Thank completely you. unacceptable. You're in, you're in the emergency department going for something that is completely unrelated. Yeah. And we know there's a, there's a flipping name for it. It's called white coat syndrome that we know that people's blood pressure and heart rate go up when mm -hmm. they go, when they go to the doctor. Anyway, sorry. I just, if no, me, carry on. Thank you. <laughs> I, I love, I love that someone is, is validating me and thousands of other people because I, I, I was stuck in this society who thought that there was a, this was acceptable and I was told this was acceptable and and until hearing everybody's experience I I and you're you talking to me this is like no this is not acceptable I'm speaking out but for example like my mom has always had a thyroid problem uh, my grandma had Hashimoto's actually got her thyroid removed by Dr. Hashimoto her, himself oh wow 
Yeah, um, back <laughs> in the good old days. Yeah. And so thyroid problems run in my family. I've been so blessed so far. I haven't had any. That's why I get checked very often for it. Um, but my mom went to the doctor, and she's been having ear pain. She had uh, tubes put in her ears when she was a child. Uh, long story short, they uh, didn't dissolve correctly or whatever. The surgery wasn't sure. yeah, yeah. necessarily a success. I don't know much about the situation. Um, I mean, goodness, it was the 70s. And she went in there for an ear infection, which she does constantly because she always has ear infections. And they said, hey, uh, you know you're overweight. Um, if you lost weight, you would have this problem. And I was little when this happened. And I, after the situation, came forward. And my mom has a thyroid problem. It is extremely difficult for her to lose weight. But also, she is a hulk she is majority muscle this woman is ripped um and she's a tall thick woman who is ripped um and so she uh she told me the story again after my situation like yeah i remember when i went into the doctors for an ear infection and they looked at me and said you know that if you lost weight you wouldn't be having this issues i i i'm baffled i I, I was there. I remember this story. And, you know, 15 years later, I'm looking back saying, that is ridiculous. That is not acceptable. That is not how that works. You don't have fat in no. your head. You know, <laughs> that is not how that works. Like, oh, gosh. I just. Uh, it's just, it's so. Oh, so, so the, arg the argument that, and the reason why I'm saying this is because there'll be people listening who will be like, oh, no, but there is a logic there, blah, 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 blah. So, so here's, here's my argument to those people who are saying there's logic there. The logic there is, oh, uh, well, if you've got um, lots of fat, then it can impact your immune system and make you more at risk of infections. That's the logic. It's not good logic, just to clarify, but that's the argument. Now, your mother has had a history of ear problems since childhood. Oh yeah, she was like, she was deaf. <laughs> she was like almost fully deaf until they put the tubes yeah. in her ears. Yeah. So yeah. so for a for a medical professional to be like, yeah, you know what the problem is here? <laughs> the problem is is that your your fat tissue might possibly be acting a bit like an endocrine organ and impacting your immune system and that's why you're having problems with your ears. <gasps> yeah. I fixed it. Magic. Oh, there it is. Like ah, mm -hmm. oh, so <laughs> your pain so, isn't real <laughs> no oh, yeah oh bloody hell i mean the the reason the reason i bring this up is because it's people like to claim that well if i'm using something that sounds like facts something that sounds like logic then i can't be stigmatizing right like it's it's fine um you know it's I, you can't tell me off i'm just i'm just blunt right i'm blunt and blunt. I'm, I'm yeah the sense of humor thing's just bullshit but i'm blunt so fine um nonsense you like you could go up to somebody in poverty and go, you know what you need to do? You just yeah. need to save more money. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah. and no, no, I'm just being blunt. Like, it's logical. Y yeah, but it's also ridiculous. Oh, um, yeah. And it's and it's uh, it's lazy, right? So it's for them lazy. to tell your mother that it is lazy. It's lazy. Thank healthcare. you. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so it's, it's lazy. Like, yeah. So it's like, yeah, there is some there is some element to if you have a lot of fat tissue in certain areas of your body, it can impact has the potential to potentially impact your immune system. That is not what's going on there. Like I've never met your mother, but I know full well that's not what's going on there because no. I went through medical school and I'm not an idiot. <laughs> like it, it, your, your mother has had ear problems for a long time. Thin, fat, the Hulk apparently oh, yeah. sounds great or not the Hulk. <laughs> Those ear problems are not going to magically go away because her history of ear problems and the surgery she had on her ears won't have magically not happened anymore yeah so it's so yeah so to people listening who are like yeah but there's logic there no there isn't that's not how this works like we're people often think that if i when i say i'm a health at every size doctor it means that i i just completely reject any possibility that your weight can have imp an impact on your health that's nonsense of course your weight in either direction by the way thin fat mm -hmm. your weight can have so. an impact on your health but it's a lot more complex than that. Like your sleep can have an impact on your health. But if you go in with abdominal pain, like you did, and they go, how much sleep are you getting? And you go, well, not that much because I'm in pain. Mm -hmm. And they go, ah, well, you're in pain because you're not sleeping because sleep impacts your health. Here you go. That would be lazy medicine as well and would yeah. be stupid. So it's the same nonsense. 
Yeah, that's that's all I have to say. <laughs> no, that that's exactly. Thank you. I Ugh. mean, someone needs to say it. Um, I'm not the biggest fan at how our health how my health system in America is set up. Well, um, worldwide, and, but yeah, oh, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I genuinely, I genuinely say that like to as hard as it was to get a GI doctor, I had to jump through hoops just to be referred and find a doctor that would see me and and that's the thing is like it's only adding to people not coming forward or people not going to they're they're making it harder and and it's so so sad because these this is people's health this Mm. is life sometimes life or death situation and with with you saying you know uh weight stigma doesn't just happen if you are bigger um first of all i have never considered myself to be big like I would never call myself fat and I'm not saying that because like oh I think I'm beautiful and whatever I genuinely to clarify uh, the opposite of fat is not beautiful just to just to just to clarify the the self-deprecation there because it's not not a thing no 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 not at all and 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 it's so difficult to me to say that because I I'm sure and I carry I feel like I carry my weight really well and I'm very lucky um and so I hear these situations time and time and time again towards me. And I'm always like, who are you talking to? Me? Like, and I've had some people reach out and say that too. You know, like, hey, I went through your pictures. I don't even think you're that big. And I'm like, I don't think I am either. And that goes alongside everything you just said about how you need to get weight stigma out of your practice. Because it is damaging to everyone. Not just big small it is damaging to everyone it's an interesting one isn't it because there's then a whole another conversation around um what society we grow up in and therefore how how does that influence what we consider fat to be for example Mm -hmm. um and also depending on how much uh how much worth we put on our size whether or not we see ourselves as fat can change based on how worthy we're feeling in that season and in that moment in time as well mm-hmm. um, depending on how much we relate our health to our size whether yeah. or not we consider ourselves fat will can can relate to that as well so I mean I know myself that at, at times when my well I, I still have to challenge myself where there are times when my health for you know in certain ways might not be great or whatever just the other day my my watch has has got a new function on it that tells me my cardiovascular fitness right um, which mm-hmm. is actually pretty good if I can use it in a non, you know, uh, harmful way, then that's great because it means that's a prompt that I need to get off my ass and get exercising again because yeah. I've done a lot less of it in the last year. Um, <laughs> but it, but you know what my mind immediately went to when it flashed up? My mind was like, oh, shit, I need to lose weight because I've gained weight during lockdown. And I... and. And I talk about this stuff all the time, <laughs> like, you know, this is, this is not, you know, and you, you don't, you don't really know my background as such, but I've, I, I, the, the one thing due to a whole multitude of different reasons as a kid, the one thing I got bullied about at school was being fat. And so I, I went through medical school, um, being classed as overweight or obese on the BMI scale. And I left medical school believing that I couldn't be a good doctor unless I lost weight which I then forced myself to do. And for some unbeknown reason, I've kept the majority of it off. Don't really know why. Um, Not going to speculate because weight loss is very, very complicated. Um, But I, because of all of that history to me, there's still all that element I have to challenge on a daily basis. Um, And so I consider myself fat at certain times. I don't at other times. And it, it, it depends on how I'm feeling. It depends on what's going on in my life. It depends on what's just happened. Because to me, I still have to challenge my worth being related to my size because I spent years believing yes, that I worth. wasn't worthy of Are having a worthy? girlfriend. I wasn't worthy mm-hmm. of being loved. I wasn't worthy of relationships because I was fat. Um, I I have to challenge that still. I, I spent years believing that health was intrinsically linked to weight because I went through medical school. That's how our medical schools are set up. Um, yeah, so I wow. continue to have to challenge my assumption of my weight when it comes to my health um so yeah this isn't something that you're not alone in this like this isn't this isn't a um it doesn't matter how fat you consider yourself it doesn't matter how fat somebody else considers you these 
these assumptions are still relevant and the but we do need to you know the 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 larger you are the more these assumptions impact you obviously um but don't ignore the harm it might be causing or the impact that it might be having because somebody else is bigger than you if you know what i mean um because it it doesn't rule you out it doesn't rule me out it doesn't and i'm not i'm not you know i don't have six pack abs but i'm still stereotypically what you would class as thin and it doesn't rule me out um yeah there are there are gradients and i'm not i'm not trying to compare it but it is just acknowledging that it is still there no i i totally understand what you're saying and and that actually brings up a really good point um one thing that i'm very grateful to learn growing up uh, from having a wonderful mother and a wonderful sister who raised me my sister is very much she's older than me so she she helped raise me and that was i am worthy of a lot of things um and i think that kind of goes along with that why i don't feel like i am fat or anything that because our society tells us that if you are fat you are not worthy and i've always felt like i was worthy of a lot Hence why I marched my butt right back into that office. Yeah. Um, I was worthy of an apology. And uh, I think that that is something that carries on um, through the entire society as a whole is that fat people or people who are large or people who are, you know, very skinny, you, they're not worthy of happiness. They're not worthy of love. They're not worthy of uh, respect. They're not worthy to be treated equally. They're not worthy of healthcare. They're not worthy. Mm-hmm. Fill in the blank uh, and continue to fill in the blank because uh, time and time again, I, I read messages. I couldn't have marched back in there, and, you know. And, and my response to every single one of those people is, "You're worthy. You are worthy of of attention. You're worthy of healthcare. You're worthy of love. You are worthy of everything that you believe you are worthy of." Um, and you know, that's that stigma continues through society as a whole. You know, you don't see a lot of love stories on television with plus sized or bigger, you know, people. And that continues through society as a whole in general. And uh, with healthcare, it's different because your life is at stake. You know, you could say, oh, well, I've never seen anybody look like me in a show. Right. And that is detrimental to you in a lot of ways. But when you say I've never I wasn't treated uh, like I was worthy of health care or or this doctor didn't treat me um, like I was worthy of medication or whatever it is, then your health is at stake. And that is yes, it's society as a whole needs to be fixed. But this in particular, this is life and death. Oh, yeah. And for, um, for for those listening who who are in that that same bracket of people who say I could never have marched back in there, of which I would imagine it's probably the vast majority of you, because there's not an easy thing, as I said at the beginning, not an easy thing for you to do. I promise there are people such as myself and others who are trying and fighting to try and get healthcare more inclusive. Um, weight inclusive healthcare is the goal where weight shouldn't have any impact on the healthcare that you receive Um, uh, and not just shouldn't but it point blank doesn't have any impact on the on the healthcare that you deserve Um, and so and so yeah for for those who are who are who, who who don't think they could ever do that and that doesn't mean you're you're less important or less good or Amanda's just you know strange that she was able to do that that's great um but uh but yeah you it's it, it's it's slow this stuff isn't but we're, we're trying to change some stuff and uh and uh, yeah what watch this space that would be my <laughs> so trying to make it go faster i promise but it's this it's a uh, we're we're fighting against centuries of this stuff yeah, I, I could imagine it is, it's it's ingrained it's inbuilt i mean so i mean my question to you is going through medical school how prevalent was weight related to x y and z situations especially like learning massively i mean it's it's it is it's weight-centric healthcare that's how we practice medicine that's how we practice medicine globally i don't think there is one country that doesn't practice medicine in a weight-centric manner right so Mm -hmm. um so the the stereotypes are are used to help us remember diagnoses right so it's like if uh, if you're 
if if you are a certain number on a BMI scale, then you might have diabetes. So that like that, it's there are. That I I understand why it's done. I don't agree with it, but I understand mm-hmm. why the logic is there. Um, and overall, if I had to sum up in 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 one phrase, I'd say that overall the reason why we are still so weight centric is because we consider weight as a personal responsibility as a society. We consider wow. weight as something that is so. Uh, that is simply up to the individual to change mm-hmm. um, and if it's completely a choice then it seems logical to 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 for it not to be discriminatory or stigmatizing right yeah, so it's wow, like yeah if it's not a choice um then then it's just facts it doesn't matter um but the problem is is that weight sorry if weight is a choice sorry then it's just facts it doesn't matter and then the, the problem is is that weight is not a personal responsibility this isn't something that we have complete control over it, it's just not you can argue that till the cows come home but we know full well that weight and the weight that we live at is incredibly complex and it is impacted by so many different things that we have no impact over like none not even a smidge and the small bits that we do have a little bit of impact over, right, which is food and mm-hmm. our exercise, that's pretty mm-hmm. much the only things we have some sort of control over. Even those are impacted by an incredible amount of privilege to be able to actually oh, carry yes. out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and again, it kind of comes back to the thing of when people ask me, well, how come you lost weight? And you kept, because I'm incredibly privileged. That's probably why. I don't really know how else to really describe that, but that's probably why I was able to do so that's Um, incredible that you could you could sit here and say hey I I was privileged uh a lot of people aren't so let's talk about them you know what what did it automatically improve my health I don't know but that's not the point the point is is that we are in a society where we are harming people's health by the way we treat healthcare, um by the way that we treat weight as a personal responsibility and it, all of the other conversations become completely irrelevant whilst that one is still sitting there. Like it's that whole elephant in the room. If you like, why are you worrying about something else that's in the room as well that's taking up space when there's an elephant in there? Like it's, mm-hmm. you can make YouTube videos debating whether or not the Cosmopolitan cover was promoting obesity, which is bullshit, it wasn't. But you're wasting your energy and your time and your your ability to fight discrimination by making those kind of videos because it's not helping. It is it is just propagating the conversation in the wrong direction. Um, oh, 100%. So, so yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I uh, I'm so glad that someone is saying something about this. And I'm glad that this these are conversations that are being had because he, I am drastically affected by it and again my whole life I just accepted it as something as fact. Like okay, yeah, I'm, I'm a big girl, you know, they're just gonna tell me to lose weight and whatever. And I'm done. I'm done with that. You know, I, I'm done with doctors telling me to lose weight instead of giving me um, medication, or I'm done with doctors telling me to lose weight when I have an ear infection. And Goodness gracious, uh, time and time again, every person who's come to me, I, I, I'm done for them. I'm done mm. for all of them. And when you had asked me to come in this podcast, you were so nice about it. You're like, hey, I know that you, you know, if you don't want to do it. And I'm like, no, put me in, coach. Like, I'm in. Like, whenever you want to talk about this, I am 100% down because I think, I think by you talking about it, by me talking about it, by other people talking about it, then that is how change is going to ensue because uh right now the only medical the only thing we have is like the bmi right that is pretty much black and white um and i somebody sent me a long article about how the bmi is you know was invented by a mathematician and i don't know if that's fact or not I know nothing about the BMI. And if you do, please tell me because I would love to hear uh, about if you think it's bogus or not. Oh, it's nonsense. Just to clarify. <laughs> In a nutshell, yes, it was. It was created by a mathematician who was trying to work out the ideal weight. Ah, um, ideal know, weight. Magic, right? So the, <laughs> right. I, so the, the way of working out... So he, was, he kind of was at the beginning of founding the field of anthropometry, which is 
um, which is the, Brit- the, uh, the, the British pronunciation of the fancy word, um, and I, which I can't say in American, um, <laughs> but essentially is the, like, the measurement of the body. So it's working out like, is, is your hand span the same as your, kind of, is your foot the same as your forearm oh, and things I like see. that, which some stuff, you know, there are ratios to the human body. That's very valid. Um, so he was trying to work out a ratio between height and weight and took a whole cohort of, of white European men and created this, this um, equation. Nothing wrong with that in and mm-hmm. of itself. He yeah. didn't correlate it to, to health. He had no impact on health. Um, it wasn't until your lovely country came along and American insurance companies decided that they needed a way <laughs> of stratifying people to charge them more money. Um, ah, and so they used, they used um, altered equation, an altered equation, wasn't exactly the same, but basically the same kind of thing to create tables again wasn't used in healthcare yet this was just created to be able to stratify insurance um to which doctors then started to use it because it was nice because it had numbers and it made kind of sense and Mm -hmm. there was this whole thing about how being fat was bad for your health and so oh this kind of makes sense let's use these tables um and it's just propagated from there like that in a nutshell that that's um that's it um so yeah it's it's nonsense it would never pass any sort if it was created today and it was like yeah let's use this to (laughs) to to put people's health because that makes loads of sense it would never pass today for many reasons not only the fact that there is pretty much from a statistical perspective there is pretty much no difference in overall um predictive mortality from the very beginning of the healthy group to the very top of the overweight group oh wow full stop um, so that's anyone between a BMI of 18.5 and 30. Literally no difference. Um, the official healthiest BMI, according to statistics, is 27. Um, that's not in the healthy category, just to clarify. Uh, and then above that, it gets really complex because humans aren't simple. And mm. it makes a huge difference where where that fat is distributed on the body, what kind of mm-hmm. things are impacting it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, BMI is bogus, just to just to clarify. Um, and wow. it shouldn't be used, uh, but it does because, in general, uh, it's hard to change something that has been used for so long. And again, we don't. And so I say we healthcare. It doesn't really care that it's not perfect because the vast majority of doctors would say, yeah, yeah, it's not perfect. We don't really use it, but you do. Um, and they don't really care it's not perfect because it doesn't matter to them because as long as a patient loses weight that's the positive angle so that's the problem uh and they don't want to change it because it it's ingrained in sort in in all sorts of healthcare decisions uh it determines whether or not you're able to get ivf it determines whether or not you're able to get a hip replacement um you know i don't care you're in pain with your hip you just need to exercise more right and then lose weight and then we'll give you the hip replacement makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. it's uh, built into everything that we do is built into all of our research wow. any research that determines whether or not size is related to disease risk uses bmi categories um so that seems like a flaw to me uh it doesn't mean it's all useless because the bmi at a population level is okay in quotes but it's still a big flaw that's not that's not ident- that, that's not acknowledged um so yeah uh, yeah i mean i i wow. I, I wrote a lot in my book on bmi so i could keep talking about that for a while um <laughs> but yeah yeah that that's that's going to be my general sum up and um wow yeah. thank you that is uh um a very interesting and i can't wait to keep researching that further because <laughs> i i don't know i don't know how your education system was um i'm 27 so when i went through school I very much, uh, they checked our BMI and that was like yeah, a grade. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So it's, it, it was common over there too. Um, oh, it was a grade. Yeah, it was great. It was part of like, okay, you get like points that Ugh. would add up to your grade and you have to like run the mile under a certain time. And like, no matter how many asthma, you know, notes I, I brought in, it didn't matter, but <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, checking your BMI and they would do it like twice a year, once a semester. And it was always like, hey, okay, time to check your BMI. And that was part of your grade. And they tell you like, okay, your BMI is high, you're obese. And I was like in, you know, junior high elementary school being like, I'm obese, you know. Um, and I, I, I mean, I probably 
I mean, I've always been really short. So, of course, I definitely was always off the BMI scale according to the scale. But, but yeah, it was always just ingrained in me That's that it was normal, it was acceptable, it was graded. We graded yeah, it's, on it. We, I mean, ours was, we, we were never graded. That sounds horrific. We were, we, were, we were measured and told that it was too high or too low, and our parents were told. Um, I don't know for what purpose, because putting a kid on a diet is completely unacceptable and that's not just me saying that that's like all organizations or associations of pediatricians across the world say that putting a child on a diet is a bad idea full stop and yet we still do it um so yeah uh, yeah we 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 had it measured and everybody knew and it was like a kind oh. of i had it okay because um i was a guy and so we had slightly less slightly less stigma around it but um yeah. i've heard stories of of young girls having it done you know where where like the teacher's like oh it's fine because we don't tell the other students it's like yeah but the students tell each other yeah they like compare because they want to oh, find yeah. someone who isn't as bad as them oh. i honestly i i just i'm i'm very grateful that people are talking about this and if it took me having a literal meltdown um in a public forum then so be it i i i am in a very much an open book don't really get embarrassed um and if people have questions or, you know, I, I don't care, you know, that's well, fine. Look, we you... can we can shout about the facts all the time, but but people don't respond to those. People respond to emotion. And as much as that might be difficult, um, it's true. And so I, I appreciate you being so open with your emotion, um, not just not just online as you did, but to me here as well, um, talking to me today, because I think it just it matters and it validates um i i can talk statistics about how many people are you know are, have pelvic examinations not done because their doctor feels uncomfortable doing it because of their size and horrific stuff oh i can goodness. talk i can talk about statistics but it doesn't impact it doesn't make people sit up and listen until there's actually a story from somebody real behind it and so, and so, yeah, I, I appreciate you massively for being willing to actually do that and put yourself out there. Always. Um, and uh, and thank you, thank you ever so much for coming and talking to me. Because, yeah, thank, uh, thank you. I, hopefully, this should be very helpful. I I'm hoping so too. I I'm hoping people will talk more. I'm hoping that they feel okay enough to talk more. And I I I hope that people know that it's okay to want better hmm. from your health provider and it's okay to want better and it's okay to want change and that's it's okay to demand better yes demand better we will demand better <laughs> that's exactly it we have to because you know what at the end of the day those statistics are people those are humans those are yeah. your friends those are your cousins those are your neighbors and um humanity needs to be brought back into the situation so we can do better 